Hello you lovely lot, it's back! Series 4 is here and I am so pleased to be able to bring you the first episode with the fantastic Sarah Stone, founder of the Military Coworking Network. And, and my business has always been really important to me, so I created the, the, net, the hub network because I wanted to be able, wherever I went, wherever we got posted, to be able to pick up and start again and you know if I arrive with my business I wanted to be able to make contacts in the local net business network and find clients and you know not have to worry whether I'd have wi-fi or not and I wanted to be able to make friends with people that in a way that was about focused on me and not like who my husband was. But just before we get stuck into the interview I want to let you know about the sponsors for this series the Royal British Legion. The Royal British Legion is at the heart of a national network that supports our armed forces community. They've been here since 1921 and support serving, ex-serving and their families, providing lifelong support with a wide range of services. I'll be sharing some of the fantastic support from the Legion over this series, but in the meantime, head over to their website to find out more, www.britishlegion.org.uk. And now to the brilliant episode with Sarah Stone. Hello, Sarah. Right. First up, you need to do something to get me off the hook. I have lost count of the amount of people that have come up to me and said that I need to interview you. We tried it, I think, way back in series two. It wasn't the right time. It didn't work for either of us. And since then, we have probably been the busiest people in the entire world and we couldn't find a time. But the end of the world happened. There is a global pandemic. Suddenly we have a little bit more time and we are actually talking and I'm really excited but I do need you to apologise and to let everybody know that it is me and that we did try really hard and that I finally got you. I'm gonna, no, no, no. I'm going to interrupt you because it wasn't you. I'm going to go further. It was totally me. I wanted to apologise to you because you have tried really hard and I've been really, really rap. <laughs> So I'm really sorry because also I've been feeling really bad because we did that. We, I think it was even like series one or it was really early and we did that interview. And then uh, you sent, you spent ages on it. You edited it. It was amazing. You sent it back to me. And then I got cold feet because I thought I'd been too negative. So um, no, I'm really sorry about that. But thank you for having, thank you for giving me a second chance. A second chance. But it was a really good thing to do because we realised it just wasn't the time and things yeah. have changed so much in those last two years um so many big developments very exciting but first off you and I have a similar problem where we help spouses as much as we can and we are known for that however we also run our own businesses and not a lot of people realize that so before we talk about the co-working hubs could you tell us about your business and how it all started yes I was not expecting you to ask me that was the first question so my business is um I run a, a small consultancy called Sam Taylor, which is um, a Danish word and it means conversations. And I do something called social value. So I help organizations and companies create social value and benefits for the communities and the, the stakeholders and their stakeholders. So you've started your business and you're living this military life and it is to fit around military life. Um, and I know that when I started, I found it quite a lonely existence, mostly because my husband was in Afghanistan for the entire time. Um, but eventually I found all these new military 
wives and husbands just like me also running their business also in the married quarter and I've read on your form that you had a similar experience and you went out and looked for people who were just like you yeah so what happened was I was I was doing a job um in 2012 I was working in London I was working for um the David Cameron and um like my dream job amazing kind of it was just perfect and you know husband came home and said posted to Germany and had to make that choice and I chose to go with him and spent two years in Germany and then and then we got posted back to Scotland and I really struggled for those two years and it was quite a, a dark period and um, when we moved back to Scotland I got some contract work but when that finished I couldn't you know I didn't know what to do and that was how I sort of started my business journey um, but that whole period of about two or three or four years was really 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 difficult for me personally and I was really surprised by that because I've always been quite a resilient person and quite a you know quite a sort of doer and I'm not really a kind of and I was sort of rocking in corners and crying a lot and drinking a lot of wine and just not very happy um and I really hated him <laughs> uh, and I re and what was more shocking was I really 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 hated the military and really really hated the MOD and I just hate I was so angry um and I joined the army myself when I was 18 and um I often say that 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 experience has made me who I am now I wouldn't be where I am now you know I wouldn't have ended up working for David Cameron if I hadn't have had my military training and so I've, I feel like I owe a lot to the military and I have a lot to be sort of thankful to them for and I couldn't believe that I was suddenly sitting there you know hating them um and I just thought this is like totally wrong and it's not it's not me and it's not them it's just the situation so there has to be something that we can we can do to change it because um yeah it's just just didn't seem to make sense he he john my husband he loves his job like if you cut him in half there's like green army uniform running through the middle of him you know he just loves it and i love him and you know i could i could say look i'm miserable um you know please will you leave and he possibly might <laughs> but I don't think that well I know it wouldn't make him happy and and so it would just be transferring one person's misery onto another so I just thought you know cat is there another way can we try and find another way and I was trying to think what would have helped me and I couldn't do anything about the fact that you know that he'd been posted to Germany and I couldn't do anything about the fact that I'd had to leave a job I loved um but I could do something about the fact that I couldn't find work I loved in a place where I loved so um, and and for me that answer had been um setting up a business but for other people it's not so for other people it's you know they just need a job that they can work between 10 and 2 um you know and drop the kids off and do the job and then come or for other people it's they want to study or they want to remote work remotely for employers so it's just about trying to find different ways that you can carry on doing the thing that you loved and so yeah so I was sitting in my quarter in Edinburgh and I started my business I started the first business and and I was you know coming out of my really dark place and trying to think well how can I turn this into something positive and how can I um you know how can I stop other people having to go through what I've just been through because it's pretty unpleasant and if it's been that unpleasant for me with all the advantages that I've had you know like I can write I work for the Prime Minister on my CV um it must be really difficult if you didn't have the chance to build a career before you this happened to you sort of thing so um yeah and that's kind of how the co-working network came about I was trying to think what what what, what what would we need and I was working for um at the time the business that I was running was um a social enterprise um doing public affairs for community groups and grassroots campaigners and I was working with some communities um that were involved with a Scottish government program called can do places and that was all about taking abandoned buildings and or communities taking over abandoned buildings and using legislation that had been brought in in Scotland at the time 
and turning them into places where anybody can do anything. And I was talking to them and I said, God, this is a brilliant idea. And, and they had things in candy places like co-working spaces, but also, um, you know, craft workshops, um, cafes, um, nurseries, you know, all kinds of things. The idea is that if you've got a beautiful building in your town and you don't want it to just turn into flats, you could turn it into sort of kind of an economically productive space. And so I said to them, God, this is awesome. Um, you know what? Military bases could really do with one of these because there are loads of empty buildings on military bases as well. And, um, and the, the guy in charge of it said, well, well, tell me more. How would that work? And so I told him and he said, oh, well, would you like to come and do a presentation to the Scottish government? Um, and I said, oh, OK. So I did. And I gave this presentation to the Scottish government's veterans minister on how a can-do place could help the military community. And um, it was like, I don't know, like 40 or 50 people in this room. And everybody, at the end of it, everyone was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's really good. You should really, we sh everyone, everybody should have one. And um, and I was like, yeah, they should. And then there was this pause. <laughs> and I just realized that, um, yeah, it wasn't going to happen. You know, everybody thought it was a good idea, but there was, wasn't actually going to happen unless someone made it happen. So um, that's sort of where it started. And it's just grown from there. You started off in Lucas, which is the one that you started. Yeah. Is that the first one? Yeah. And they are growing and there are more of them. Um, and they're, they're basically a space where you can go if you um, need a little bit of company and it's if you're working in your own business or if you want to study something or if you just um, just need that sort of camaraderie that sometimes you don't quite find on a base and I think they're a fab idea. I've been to visit, I went to visit the Bryce one which I love, it's the old um, Costa Coffee which blew my mind but it's fab. Um, they're all a little bit closed because obviously yeah. the world has gone a bit wonky but they will be back and it's given you the space and the time to grow it and make it stable yeah how is it going what is the the plan how many have you got now yeah um so there's well before covid there's seven open so we've got them we had one uh lucas obviously was the first one um ref leeming bryce norton sandhurst aldershot chivener and bovington um with the seven that were open and there's about another 20 that are in in development but it's been a bit of a, a mad journey because um, I don't think I realised quite what I was doing. I think if I knew then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have started it. Um, but like once you've started, you've just kind of got to get on with it, haven't you? Really. And um, so they've grown organically because they 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 bought. We up to this point, we've just recently been got been awarded some money by the Covenant Trust. But but up to about two weeks ago, we we haven't had any money. So we've just had to kind of do everything on a bit of a shoestring, and you know, like it's all just been a bit what can we get donated but the fact that we have the skills that we have in our community meant that we could you know we have got graphic designers like you you've very kindly done all of our logos you know we've had um we've got um management consultants that can help us with the planning and we've got uh lawyers and project managers and uh, marketing managers and communicators you know we have just such a huge range of talent and skills within the community and everybody's just offered their time um to build this thing so um just to get it off the ground the mod have offered uh, have given us the buildings and they've been amazing i mean everyone the families federations have been amazing so everyone's been really amazing and everyone's pulled together and and it's not just a it's not like a it's not me that's done this everyone can says people say oh god so it's amazing and i'm like well it's it's not it's not me it's everyone that's built this and it couldn't have existed without without every single person that has paid their part you know so um so it's amazing we got to this point but obviously 
I think that was one of the reasons why when we did the first recording of the podcast and I was a bit nervous because it was just me for a long time and I didn't know how I was going to run a business and do this and, and my business has always been really important to me so I created the the net the hub network because I wanted to be able wherever I went wherever we got posted to be able to pick up and start again and you know if I arrive with my business I wanted to be able to make contacts in the local net business network and find clients and you know not have to worry whether I'd have wi-fi or not um and I wanted to be able to make friends with people that in a way that was about focused on me and not like who my husband was or whether I had kids or not because that's the other thing that drives me mental um so that's the thing that's kept me going really is that you know I really needed this and um yeah but but it was a bit mental at one point and I wasn't quite sure how I was gonna gonna carry on and so I didn't want it to get too big because I, I couldn't support it and I just felt like it was this fragile thing that um if we if we didn't do it properly um would would fail and people would say oh well you know doesn't matter what you do for military spouses that all same little thing isn't it you can't help them they won't help themselves and couldn't be further from the truth that's the another thing that really annoys when people say it. that and you knew what you were getting into <laughs> like red drag to a bull but um but yeah so I I um so I've been trying to sort of hold it back a bit um but it's impossible to hold it back you know the reason we've got seven hubs is because there are seven amazing people out well in fact there's more than seven there's about 50 amazing people out there in each of those seven bases that have just driven it forward because they felt the same as me so um and this is something that i think i do explain to the mod quite a lot they say oh you know but but you know but this is you sarah and how are you going to find more people like you and i'm like do you not understand that our community is full of people like me like there's loads of us um and we're incredible and you just we've just never had the opportunity to shine before so yeah look if we can do this <laughs> imagine you know we should we're in we together we should be unstoppable and i think it's this idea that you know the the, the men or the military they that they have this network that they you know when they leave they can kind of reach out to and and if we had the same sort of network then we ought to be able to reach anybody and and get a job with anyone and you know we shouldn't be struggling to get employers to listen to us because we should know the HR director will be able to reach them or but the fact is at the moment we don't so I just wanted to build something that that we could we could all use and we could all all use to thrive really because that's the thing I've you and I we sort of we've been chipping away at this and there's loads of us that have been chipping away at yeah. this yeah yeah for yeah. years um and yeah. I think it's finally taking momentum it feels like there's a change happening yeah. and I think yeah, it does. gosh what eight nine years ago when we first when you first did that survey and I did my little networking group in Northwood or wherever on earth it was that turned into a wine group because people just weren't quite ready for business does. networking um but I think that it's just yeah it's the the passion and the fact that we just won't drop it and I think that that is really helping and I think if you want to get something done ask a group of military wives number one yeah but I think you Sorry to interrupt you. The reason we won't drop it is it, and this is the thing people don't, someone said to me the other day and I got really upset by it. They said, oh, well, you know, how are you going to control the volunteers? <laughs> and I was like, because they're not volunteers because they're, they're the, they're the bricks. Like I'm not going to control them because they're building it. Um, and I don't think people realize that we, we, we can't give this up because this is our lives. You know, and it's like we we people said to me, well, well, why didn't you just wait for the MOD to do it? Go to them with the idea and just wait. And I'm like, well, they would have done it, but they would have taken them about five years. And I would have lost five years of my 
professional life, you know, and, and you can't get that back. <laughs> like my husband says to me, oh, well, you know, just, just let me, well, when I leave the army, when I'm whatever the AOG is going to be, you, you can work then. And I'm like, yeah, but it's no good to me starting work at 50. Um, because yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I think that's the thing is, is this is our lives and, and the stakes for us personally are really, really high, aren't they? Which is why we can't give it up because for us, we'd have, to, we, we love the people that we are, that are, we love our partners and we love them. And we don't want to have to, you know, give that up either, but all we want to do is just work and do something that makes us happy and not asking for much. No, and it doesn't take an awful lot to do that. It's just the little bit of extra support that we need. Um, I was looking back over the interviews and lovely Wendy from Not Just a Wife. So her she was saying in her interview that the the military partners are like are like the glue that holds it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, and without that glue, it doesn't stick very well. Um what kind of support do you think we need? Obviously, the co-working hubs are epic and then we've got my online networking stuff which obviously mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. um but but that's always the question what is it what do we need so I think you just hit the nail on the head earlier actually when you said you know there's that you and me and people like Hella that recruit for spouses and Wendy and you know lots of people have been chipping away and, and doing stuff but it's only because everybody's been working together that you've created the environment where the plant can thrive and grow you know if you need the sunlight you need the water you need the soil you need all of it and and so I don't think there's any one thing and I think this is part of the problem this is why it's taken um maybe so long for for people outside of our community to realize that we we that us inside the community are onto something because um they've been looking at it quite two-dimensionally you know so I, I hate the phrase spousal employment like if I hear that word that word and welfare they're the two words that drive me mad um but you know it's it's this idea that that and they say we don't know why we can't fix spousal employment and we've spent millions of pounds on different projects but none of them work and and you kind of think well that's because you haven't got a two-dimensional community you know you've got a really really varied group of people and they're all ages they're all different backgrounds they're all different sectors different industries different likes different dislikes the only thing they've got in common is that they all went into a bar and snogged someone who happens to work for the military you know we fell in love with the wrong person not really the wrong person you know that's that's all we have in common and and well we have a lot, lot we have a culture in common now as well but at its heart and and so you can't so we all experience different challenges and you need different solutions to support. So some people need, for some people like you and me, um, working for ourselves is this, is, that, is our solution. And, it, and, and so we need the company of other like-minded people to, to you know, pick us up when we're down a bit, which is what your networking group does so brilliantly. And, you know, and give us advice and a bit of help when we, you know, don't know how to get started or don't know where to go for this and that and the rest of it. But other people might need, um, other people might need to know how can I, I want a GCSE in maths because I didn't get one when I was at school and um, I've realised I can't do very much without one and, I, and that's what they want. And so they, they, the thing they need is they need to be given a bit of help to find out where they can get one locally and is there a remote course and how do they get funding for it? You know what I mean? It's that kind of stuff. And then it's probably a little bit of help to, if they haven't studied for a while, it's, um, you know, maybe help structuring 
their day so they can be productive and, and get the course done and, and confidence as well, because probably maybe their confidence has gone a bit. Um, and, and other people, it will be, they, you know what, they're perfectly, they, they just want a job, right? They've, they've just got a job and then they get posted and all they want to do is just get another job in the next place. And so all they need is to know what the, you know, if, if they've worked in, an, if they work in childcare, what's the nearest nursery and, and who's looking and where do they need to send their CV? You know, it's not, it's not much. And this is the thing that I, I found is that we don't need much. Like it's the smallest things that made the biggest difference to me. You know, the, the, the neighbor that, um knocked on my door and said oh I saw you and you didn't look very happy all right do you want to here's a bottle of wine <laughs> you know it's just the tiny or, or the you know or you ringing me up and saying oh I saw that post you did it looks brilliant well done you know and it, it's the small things that you that you don't need much but but you need different they're all different and so I think the co-working network is only one part of the solution and this is what I'd say it's not it's not a panacea it's not gonna it's not for everybody because co-working isn't for everybody and that's fine too um but it's about um yeah i think it's just about coming together and and maybe having a bit having something that that you know that allows us to be recognized for the individuals that we are because i don't know about you but um it's not it's not so bad now maybe because people don't say to me what does your husband do because any of them probably get punched but um you know, it's this idea that you're defined by like, yeah, what your what your partner does and whether you've got kids or not. So how effective your womb is. And it, it's like, no, actually, I'm I'm Sarah and I like Star Trek and you know, Monster Munch, pickle pickle onion monster munch and Red Bull and vodka. Um, you know, and I'd like to exercise more, but sometimes I can't drag myself out of bed. And you know, I'm I'm a person, this is me. Um and that's the thing. And we can still be really proud of our serving people. That's the thing. It's not one or the other. Yes. It's not, no. um, I'm, uh, uh, you know, running a network or I've got my business, therefore my partner yeah. can't. It doesn't need to be one or the other. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the change that's happening is that we're realising that we could probably do both. Um, but that just that little bit of support. And you're right, those little tiny changes that could make a real difference. Just give us the tools. Wendy's always saying that. Just give us the tools and we'll get the mm. job done. But we just need that little extra tiny bit every so often. Now, a weird question that's just changing the subject dramatically. But I like mm. to ask all of my ex-serving people. Oh. Yes. Military wives, military spouses. When you were in, yeah. what did you think oh. of us? And <laughs> how has that changed? I just find it a really interesting question that I think we just have to ask you. Okay, so, uh, yes, I like this one. So... I think the, the first thing to say is that um, I joined the army uh, a long time ago, so it was 1995, um, and it was a really different um, military to the one it is now. And I was a I was really young; I was only 18, um, and so I don't really think when I was 18 I really paid much attention, worrying about what people's wives did, <laughs> if that made sense. Um, I do know that I was. I remember like in training being you know impressed on the importance of the wife network and how they supported the kind of um the military and but yeah I think I think the thing that's changed for me is that I before this journey before it happened to me it's a bit like like mental health like I saw that bloke on Twitter and he said Glenn what's his name it's like he's some kind of like military you know whatever anyways he's in the military and he's on Twitter and he does a lot of stuff on mental health. And he did a video the other day and he said, oh, you know, and, and he's like, 
you know, one of these tough, tough blokes. And it's like, if he can talk about it, then trying to, hopefully it should be all right for the people. And he did a video today, he said, oh, you know, until it happened to me, mental health problems, I didn't realize that it can happen to anyone and that you don't, it doesn't mean you're weak. Um, and it was a bit like that with me until I started to struggle because of the impact that, that my husband's career had had on my life. I didn't, and then despite me trying really, really hard to do everything I possibly could to not be struggling, um, you know, like I tried painting, like I tried to become a painter and sell my pictures because I thought that would be a really good way of taking something with me. I tried to, I took in transcription typing, you know, I tried like loads of stuff. I even tried to like just be okay with being a stay-at-home mum because, you know, I thought, well, that, I'm really lucky I've been given this real opportunity. Why can't I just enjoy it like everyone else does? Um, and then I realised that that just wasn't right for me personally. It's right for a lot of people, but it just wasn't right for me. But, but so I tried really hard to not struggle. And until, and then one day I sat down and I realised that actually it wasn't me. <laughs> and it was the situation. It also wasn't, it wasn't anyone else's fault either. It wasn't a, it wasn't a person. It wasn't my husband's fault. It wasn't Emily's fault. It wasn't it was just how it was, right? And so that was, that, that totally changed my, my viewpoint. Because I think before that, I'd always sort of thought, you know, that if you are prepared to put the work in and help yourself, then, um, you know, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. And, you know, this, this thing that, like, you hear from welfare all the time, don't you? It doesn't matter what, what, what events you put on for military, for military wives, they never come. You know, it doesn't matter what you do for them. And you just want to, like, scream because you want to say, yeah, but you're putting on things they don't want to come to. <laughs> That's why they're not coming. It's because they don't want what you're selling. It's like you've, I often describe it as, like, you know, you've got a shop and you've, you've spent loads of money on buying pencils and they're, like, they're the beautiful, most beautiful pence in the world. And they're like shiny and red and gorgeous. And you spent loads of money on them and you're the shopkeeper and you've stacked your shelves with them. And you open your, you open your shop and no one buys the pencils. Well, you don't say, oh, it's the customers that are wrong, do you? You don't say, God, those customers. Now, what you do for them, they won't, they don't buy you pencils. You say, what's wrong with my pencils? You know, you go, are they too expensive? Are they the wrong color? Are they on the wrong shelf? You look at your product if you're a business person about and to find why people but the military don't look at the product they look at the customer and they say it's the customer's fault <laughs> and so and I'd done that too and I had totally done that and I think it's just a it's a filter that you see the world through and then when it happened to me and I stopped and I went I had this like yeah like moment of sort of epiphany and I was like oh my god there is genuinely something not okay you know and so yeah and so then it just became about, well, how can we change it? And that is exactly how I felt. So our first posting, right in the middle of the Afghanistan conflict, just got married, changed my name, got sort of abandoned. What I thought was abandoned in this sad sort of military patch where I had dreams of it being 1950s sort of housewives and everybody was lovely and we were going to have conversations over the fence and we were going to do baking and it was going to be wonderful. And then nobody said nothing to me and it, it, just broke me and I've talked about this quite a lot actually so a lot of people will know this but also you probably realized you didn't want to bake and you didn't want to stand over the fence because actually that wasn't you and you thought you did but you didn't and you try really hard to do that because that's what you think military yeah, you, do. you think you're meant to make then, curtains and like you know just have a perfect house and yeah never shout at your kids but yeah and it turns out that, that there isn't turns out there's not a set military wife um that you can copy yeah. turns out there's a we're all a bit yeah. different but when you just 
I think you first get married and that's what you think you need to do because that's kind of the military way yeah. and it's all a bit of a sham and nothing is like that at all but unfortunately that year or two years or however long it takes that when it breaks you down and you end up sat by yourself thinking what have I mm-hmm. done and genuinely thinking about mm-hmm. turning to your partner and going look I know you love your job so I said to so I said to my poor husband one day I was like what if I had turned to you and said you've got it you've got to pick it is me or the military and he said no when I married you you'd never say that because that's why I married you because you know how important my job is to me and unfortunately to this day I still don't quite know which one he'd pick <laughs> because I know uh, either way he would he would be miserable if he yeah. picked me and couldn't fly he would be gutted but equally without me his flying wouldn't be any yeah. good you know that's that yeah. is the reality of it um and I know now that everything that I do and all the energy I put into everything I do is because I look back at myself five six years ago and nobody should ever feel yeah. that way ever yeah and yes it was self not self-inflicted I could have bucked my ideas up but when you are in the middle of a, a six, six, gosh, six weeks, six months, nine months Afghanistan deployment and you are living by yourself and there is just nothing. You, it's just, it's, it's easy thing. to sit down and it's very difficult to climb mm. out of there. Um, and I imagine that's exactly what powers you to keep going. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, absolutely. You've just, just said it all, really. You did, I went off and Yeah, went. you did. <laughs> I think it's just, it, um, and it's, I think it's about being it's I think this is the old thing is that it's quite difficult sometimes it's quite difficult for people in the military to accept or acknowledge or be really honest about quite how hard the lifestyle they've chosen is on the people that they love the most you know it's that's quite a difficult thing to get your head around that the choices that you've made are having this really quite awful impact on the person that you love and so it's human nature isn't it to not want to kind of acknowledge those those sorts of things and so you, you know you, you you deny you defend or you get defensive and and all that other stuff and I, and I think it's just I think that was maybe the shift that you know maybe that there's a few of us who've just kind of gone well like it's okay to say that it's not okay you know it's okay to say that it's not working because we want to fix it we're not trying to tear it down I'm not trying to we're not trying to we're just trying to build it back up again because actually if you could you know if you can fix how you, so I look at how I feel now and how we we got posted last summer and I did have a bit of a regression and I've realized I don't move very well but um but generally on the whole I'm pretty happy you know it's, yeah it's, it's a global pandemic and I feel pretty lucky I feel pretty grateful for for what I've got and um you know I've got a a, a partner with a safe job that's secure um whereas my business took a bit of a hit um which it would have taken a hit whether I was married from the military or not so you know um I've got uh, I live in a safe place I've got a garden you know all these things I probably and um, um but I can only say that because I'm happy now with who I am and what I'm doing and before that um people would say you know and drive me mad and they'd say things like oh but you know you're you know, especially like civvy, civvy friends and they wouldn't, you know, they'd say, oh, but you don't understand what it's like having to pay a mortgage and you don't understand what it's like having to do all those things and, you know, commute every day. And, and I'd say, um, yeah, but it's about choice. <laughs> I'd like to choose to be able to pay a mortgage and buy my own house and, you know, have enough, have an income to do that. That choice has been taken away from me. And um, that, that was, I just wasn't, I wasn't able to see the positives in, in the military life 
in a way that and I think that was what really shocked me because obviously before I'd you know I, I mean I'm, and I'm, I said at the beginning the military changed my life and had a hugely positive impact on me and I've always been a big supporter of it and I couldn't believe I was being really really negative and so yeah if you can if you can change that one thing if you can give yourself your own identity and make it possible for you to be who you are then we have got a pretty good life I mean yes deployments are a bit rubbish and yes moving's a bit rubbish and yes there's you know loads of other stuff that's not so brilliant but so is real life like real life's a bit rubbish too and we um, we can cho- the thing is we could choose but we would be choosing not to be with a partner is reality and we've well, spoken exactly. about how exactly. it would and, and and i think we should actually probably also talk because i mean the way you and i are married and accompanied and lots of lots of people choose you know for them they, they go through what we've been through and they aren't as lucky to you know come out of it as we do and so for them married and accompanied is the next step because their partner can stay in and they can go and stay in one place but I and I would love to meet some people for who who it's worked you know who really thrive but most people it works for a bit that, that I've chatted to it's either work for a bit or they've they've moved back in together because it just wasn't working or they've got divorced or he, or the partners left the military like I've not met anyone that's done it long term successfully you know um and and also again it doesn't really work for me to, I wanted my kids to grow up with their dad because which is what I wanted and um just want to keep my family I just don't think it's too much to ask to want to keep your family together and I've met a few people that have done it and they are doing it still and they've done it for a long time but 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 they don't fit in either community so they don't fit in the civilian community and they don't yeah, fit in the military exactly. community but I yeah. think the 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 great thing about the co-working hubs and the the, the online network that I've built is that it's giving people access to that community no matter what and yeah giving people sort of access to people that have done it before. So access to people that have moved house, if you're a new wife and you've not been posted before or husband um, and getting access to people that are running successful businesses in my case, or, you know, just access to people to talk to in real life that you can, well, that you used to be able to sort of actually speak to and touch um, in the good old days before. Um, but, But just having access to the people that inspire you and surrounding yourself with people that are important um, to you, that you can have conversations about things that are interesting to you, as opposed to not being in the gang on a patch or, you know, feeling a little bit left out. So I think that's why the co-working network and your co-working hubs are so important because that's what I needed. And I think that's fab that you're now doing that. Thank you. Anyway. I think you're, you're right. Well, just, just on that, you're, you're right as well. And it goes back to, that point that thing we we're talking about earlier about how the community is made up of so many different people and so for, for me you know it, it's it, the right thing for me is to stay together as a family but we we've just done a year married unaccompanied because for us it was the right thing for us for that for that time and like you say you know you know lots of people that are married unaccompanied and it works for them um and it's about trying to trying to op- there's no one solution and trying to offer different things that meet different people so that people who like you say are in their own house with the mum and dad down the road you know in an area they lived in all their life in a job they've never left you know but they've got a partner who's in the military and comes home once or twice a month and that's a different kind of challenge but it's still a challenge and that they can access the community if they want to and in a way that suits them because it's about suiting the individual and not suiting the system which it makes complete sense and is is the best for everybody around isn't it at the the end of the day the MOD 
are gonna they can only yeah. gain from this and i think that the way that the world is changing even before covid <laughs> changed everything um it, the reality is that it, we we have to move into a modern military because don't you don't you think though it sounds really awful that covid is like probably it sounds terrible what one of the best things but it is gonna it's changed the i think it will change the world for us to the better because i remember having conversations you know even like two months three months ago with with people and organizations and employers and saying you can do pretty much any job remotely and they'd say oh no 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 you know we we offer flexible working but you've got to you know be in the office four days a week and maybe you've got you've got to come and work for us from the office for like six months and if we like you then maybe you can have the odd day working from home and i'd be like that's not flexible working <laughs> flexible working is four days from home one day in the office and that's the sort of thing that we need and they'd say oh no i don't think that can be done and now you know you've got people answering call call centers for banks are being done from people's bedrooms and yeah the whole thing's being done remotely so i just think all the people who are um you know who are going to be posted this summer when the posting freeze ends um who perhaps were faced with having to give up their job might now maybe get a different answer when they have those conversations and that would just be I mean that's nothing to do that's nothing that I've done or nothing that you know anyone's done it's COVID but I just feel like it's an it's a bit of an opportunity for us that we need to grasp uh with all of our hands <laughs> it's definitely changed it for and it's a positive that will come out of this terrible time um and I think we needed it because um like I said modern military they're adapting they're doing it too and I think that the entire world might catch up with what a lot of us have been doing in the military world for quite a long time so you obviously run your own business you're doing amazing things with the hubs which I love but sometimes it all gets a bit much how do you stay inspired and who are the people that are inspiring you good question um how do I stay inspired so I I, lot, I read a lot of books, so I do a lot of reading and I read a lot of non-fiction um, and I've got a friend who takes the mick out of me, he's like nothing to do with the military and he takes the mick he says it's all my um, my like self-help books, but they're not self-help, they're, they're, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I read like, I read about psychology and I read about business theory and I read about um, human behaviour and emotions and I'm really interested in in mental health and how the brain works because understanding how my own brain works has helped me help me when I was struggling and that and quite a bit of medication and quite a lot of alcohol um but you know it, it helps me you know so if I've had a bad day it helps me kind of work out maybe why and what can I do so I do mindfulness and meditation and um I also get really inspired by things like your podcasts and people that I hear on that and then I might go and do a bit more research about them or um and then people, also people like, um, there's a guy called Ryan Holiday, and he, I've signed up for his email newsletter and he does something called The Daily Stoic, which I find quite inspiring. And um, Tim Ferriss, who annoys the hell out of me because he's a bit of a, he looks like he's a bit of a, I'd swear, but anyway, a bit cheesy. But some of the, his content is really good. And um, there's a guy called David Hyatt, who, um, Amy Nolan, you know Amy from the Ginger, your friend Amy, Ginger Rainbow, you introduced me. She put me in touch with him. And um, he ran, he runs a jeans company called Hyatt Denim, which is an amazing story in Wales. And he also ran Howie's, which is the brand that I was really like a big fan of about 10 years ago. And he's amazing, his marketing and his comms stuff is amazing. So he's really inspirational. 
um yeah lots of people because i think it, it's yeah you have to i think in this mag very magnolia world that we live in you've got to just keep having little bits of inspiration thrown in yeah just to you know keep it interesting and, and go further afield than sort of this very sort of beige world that we found ourselves in um so i'll go and check these out thanks that's fab um it's so when we first spoke a few years ago things have developed massively since we first spoke what is the plan where are the co-working hubs heading in the next five years mm -hmm. i want to know i'm really excited and can i have one in my base wherever i yes. end up is, yes. is basically the selfish <laughs> well, answer to the question i'm asking um, so yeah so i suppose i can probably only tell you the next two years um i with any kind of great certainty so for the last sort of two years three years it's been really organic and largely fine by the seat of our pants and and a bit sellotape and sticking plaster and then as i said we with the help of the families federations and the mod we got some funding from the covenant trust at the beginning of this year which we've just used to set up a sort of well we're going to use to set up a central support function that can kind of run the network and support the hubs because I've, I don't know if you've read Black Box Thinking, um, but it's the most awesome book. And um, yeah, it, it, it's all about how you can you can learn from failure and how success is built on failure. And we've learned a huge amount from from the experience of running the hubs over the last few years and things that have worked and things that haven't worked. And one of the things that I think I thought at the beginning was that, oh, well, we, you know, all the hard work will be in setting the hubs up. But once they're up and running, they'll be really easy to just tick over. And that you can go and use the hub and you know in your when you've got spare half hour do the things that are required to keep it up and running because it will all be pretty i mean how hard can it be this is what i thought was how hard can it be to keep an office open um and it turns out it's not very hard to keep an office open but it is quite a bit of work to do it properly and so i had thought that oh and, and what i've realized is the people that use the hubs are really busy you know we, we've all got got businesses or courses to study for or jobs to do and families look after and we're you know so we've got a little bit of we've got a little bit of spare capacity to keep a hub open because we want it because we need it but we haven't got enough to do huge amounts of work you know it has to be super easy for us so what we need is a like a kind of remote um you know support agency that we can just support function we can just pick the phone up and go i want to do whatever a networking event i want to do this that and the rest of it can and they can just do it for you um, and so that's what we're going to use the money to do so um, and then we are also going to we've had obviously lots of people who've been really supportive of the idea but excuse me we haven't been able to um kind of like formally assess or test whether it has a positive impact on people you know super easy to say oh that helps and that makes my life better but you have to kind of kind of be quite robust about about um evaluating it and being quite open about the fact that if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know and and i think it comes back to what we said at the beginning about why you and me and, and everybody else is doing this is because this is our lives so if it's not going to work we want to know just as much as anyone else because we're going to stop doing it <laughs> um and find something that does work so yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to run um we're going to set up this essential support function and try and kind of um evaluate how the hubs have worked over the last two years and that's why it's brilliant that we've got the pause of covid what worked what didn't work what lessons can we learn how can we develop the model and then um reopen the hubs uh, and and run them sort of properly for and 
supported for two years and evaluate them during that time. And we, we're working really close with the MOD. And then hopefully at the end of that period, um, we will be able to, to show that they, you know, they do help military spouses maintain their own identities and maintain their own lives. And therefore that has a positive impact on retention, because obviously that's the main drive from the MOD's point of view. And um, if that is the case, then, then, then the MOD will hopefully support them and they will become a formal thing that will continue for as long as we need them to. Um, so that's the vision and that's the plan, but I mean, we're, it's a long way to get from where we are now to, we've got, we're at the bottom of the mountain, we're in the foothills of Everest and uh, yeah, it's a long way to the top. No, it'd be worth it. It's going to be a good climb. Yeah. So if I find myself posted this summer or hopefully, or um, if I'm on a base that doesn't have a co-working hub and I would like one or equally, um, if I just want to find out a little bit more about them, where should I head? Um, probably if you are on Facebook, um, if you search Military Co-working Network on Facebook and we have um, a, a sort of national group community for people who are married and accompanied and don't have a base or just for people who want to network more generally, um, you can meet the wonderful Jess Sands in there. Um, <laughs> there's loads of really cool people in there. Actually, you told you asked me about people who inspire me and I forgot to tell you, Eleanor Twaddle is amazing. You know, with the other door, another door, you have to get her on the podcast. She is incredible. You're going to have to, you're going to have to hook yeah. us up. Oh, I will hook you up. She's so good. I'm not even going to say anything so that you can get her on the podcast and everyone can listen to her. She's just oh, gosh. brilliant. Um, anyway, so she's in there too. Um, but then we also have uh, the bases that have hubs that are either open or in development have their own Facebook groups because the idea is, is that we want it to be. So whenever you get posted somewhere, you can just join the co-working group and that will connect you to other working um, partners of, of military personnel. I hate the word spouses. need to come up with a better one. Um, but um, yeah, connect you with other working people. And, and it can be everything from people who are working in local companies, local businesses, local shops, whatever, to people who are running businesses or people who are just studying, or even people that are not working because they're maybe at home with the kids, but want to get back to work, you know, in a year's time and just want to, like you say, have a chat with people about stuff other than, um, yeah, you know, weaning and what the husband's been up to so facebook be a really good way um if you're not on facebook we're on instagram or on twitter and um there's also a website so if you just um google military co-working network you should be able to find it and i'm going to share all those links and excited when they reopen Thank and really you. looking forward to one in every base so that even though i move every 10 seconds i will have access yeah. to this lovely lovely thing and these lovely people and the, the, only, the only thing i would say is at the moment because as you can imagine obviously we've got military buildings and we've had no money so they're not like this glamorous, gorgeous, <laughs> like we work type. Uh, that's my dream is that we get some beautiful, gorgeous, amazing offices. But yeah, for now, it's. But they will be. We are just at the bottom. We're, 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 not in, the base we're in the foothills of Everest. Just the very. Yes. Um, and they will be because this is important. And I know that a lot of people want to back it and get involved. Um, so I hope this helps a little bit. So this Thank is the guys. end, which is sad because it's been lovely talking to you as always. We talk a lot anyway, but this yeah. is actually recorded with a red button and everything. Before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? No, just thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you very much for everything that you do as well. So it's amazing. It's, it's yeah, it's just amazing. I was thinking earlier when you were chatting away that actually I think that we are kind of, is it cut from the same cloth? Is that the sort of, yeah. the, the, the quite yeah. cheesy saying? Um, I think that you and I are probably a little bit stubborn 
but very passionate about what we do and I think that even though we are probably both very tired um it's worth (laughs) it and we need to back each other a bit more and look after each other yeah because we're all helping each other by everybody doing their little bit and adding to this this everyone's building something that will change change it for everybody yeah it's fab thanks Sarah I've loved talking to you Another thank you to Sarah. I really loved talking to her. It's been so brilliant to finally sit down and chat to her about this amazing co-working network. So massive thanks to Sarah. Also, thanks to the Royal British Legion and thank you to you for listening along. If you'd like to leave a review, I would absolutely love that. It would make it a lot easier for other people to find the podcast and to get involved and inspired. So that's it for the first episode. I will of course be back next week with another inspiring episode. So I shall see you then.